Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. DJ and Max here with uh, Mike Tan and uh, Mike T. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Jay mentioned this yesterday. Uh, there's a lot of smoke to this Tom Brady comeback fire. And there are some people who, when they talk, then my ears, you know, do the the rabbit ears, right? So Joe Montana can talk about, hey, maybe Tom. He's just, he's just you know, guessing like the rest of us, right? When Rob Gronkowski says something, and then you hear Steve Young talk, you know, mention a certain team, San Francisco, now I, I – I, Jay, I'm with you. There's a lot of talk. Even when you listen to Tom Brady, he doesn't rule things out, right? So Gronk told USA Today Sports on Friday, if he's 50 years old, he can still come back. I think he's going to come back, but in a couple years. The guy's a beast. He can play any time. When I hear a couple years, I just think not this next year, but the year after, right? So here's Tom Brady himself on the Let's Go podcast on Sirius XM about retirement. I'm super content and happy with, with uh, how I feel and my decision. And, um, yeah, as I said, all you can do is take it day by day. Nothing's promised for us. I'm going to do things that I really enjoy and spend time with people that I really enjoy spending time with. So uh, the future is bright. I look forward to the opportunities that, I, that are ahead. And I look forward to speaking with everyone again next year. So, you know, thank you to everyone for their amazing support. Thanks for another great NFL football season, and uh, I hope it just keeps getting better and better from here. Mike, you've been in the business a long time. You saw the song and dance with Brett Favre, and you, when you saw it from a, from a distance, you went and did something about it. What do you hear when Brady says this, and then you, you hear what Gronk said too? What are you thinking? I think it's a guy that's a little bit scared of you know what's next in his life and you know, he's a world-class competitor, and at the end of the day, he's going to need something to satiate and fill that competitiveness, and maybe it's a few different things. Um, look, driving your kids to school is great, and, you know, we all enjoy doing that and spending time with family, but at some point, you know, Tom Brady came out of the womb being a competitor. He's going to go to the grave being a competitor, and there's going to be something that's going to have to fill that void. So I understand what he's saying. I think he's just hedging his bet just a little bit, and, yeah, a year from now, like, we just saw Eric Weddle did it. And if Eric Weddle can do it, you don't think Tom Brady could go play for six games for the 49ers and He's run no in Eric Weddle. <laughs> so to me, I think it's a guy that's a little bit scared of, you know, transition because he's done something so good for so long. And I just think that was his it's human nature. Like what's next and how's it gonna go? So I understand what he's saying and more importantly why he's saying it. Yeah, and, and, and you know, Mike, we've seen guys come in and out of uh, football or different sports, different times in their careers. Uh, when they retire, they got to get through that first season before they actually retire. Uh, Eric Weddle did it, and what, what, what is it that one of the first things we said? Oh, well, he'll, he'll get hurt. Guess what he did in the Super Bowl? He tore his pectoral muscle. After four games with the Rams, he finally got hurt. So when you sit out for a period of time and you try to – have that jump start again. Your football, um, your football training is totally different with a team than with your individual trainer eating avocado toast every day. It's a big, big difference. Uh, no matter what anyone tells you, it's not the same. You have to do football acclimated things on a consistent basis, 
And if Tom Brady was to sit out and come back a year from now, this won't be the same Tom Brady that we just saw finish this season. I don't give a damn how great he is. It doesn't work like that in a national you football doubt league. doubt the power of avocado toast uh, at your own Tom. peril. So, Mike, Jason Light is out. You are in. You are the GM of the Bucks. How are you preparing for life after Brady, but also keeping the door open for if he wants to play? Well, after uh, I've cried myself to sleep for about two weeks, um, I, <laughs> I, think there's a, I think there's a couple of things I'm going to do. You know, one is I'm going to look for his successor. So Kyle Trask, maybe, you know, not all those guys are just question marks at the end of the day. Gabbert, they can't win consistently there. So to me, I'm going to go try to, you know, draft somebody. And then I'm going to keep in touch with Tom and say, hey, Tom, let's come up with a plan that maybe works for you. So you want to spend time with your family, you want to move back to the West Coast, whatever it is, great. But maybe there's a plan where you could fly in on Thursdays. You know, now that the world accepts virtual, there, there's ways we can kind of thread the needle here. And let's just kind of keep the conversation going because how you feel in August, Tom, is a lot different than how you feel right now in February. Who mentioned it yesterday? I think it was Jeff Saturday on this Justin. Terrific new show, Handsome Host, 2 p.m. <laughs> Eastern ESPN. But um, Jeff Saturday was like, man, where was, where was Mike T during my career? <laughs> if he wants you, he makes life easy. So... Steve. Lies, 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 lies. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with a win-win key? Two first-round picks, you go to Tampa, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, you got traded for two firsts. No, no slouch. Listen, Steve Young, who replaced Joe Montana in San Francisco, Super Bowl champion, my favorite offensive player, one of them to watch when I was a kid, was on the Michael K. Show on 98.7 ESPN New York. Now remember, Joe Montana talked about maybe he would come back for the Bucks. Rob Gronkowski said maybe he takes a couple of years off. Here's Steve Young on the Michael K show. Listen. I believe he's retired, but he's retired from Tampa. He's retired from New England. He's retired from every team in the league but one. San Francisco. That is return to his roots in San Mateo and Sarah High School. And so if, and I'm not saying it's happening. I'm not saying I'm not trying to make a headline here. Don't do it. This comment is not worthy of any headline. All I'm saying is I'm not willing to talk to you guys in six months sitting out there knowing that there is something that's possible, albeit remote, that he would end up in San Francisco. Yes, not even worth the headline, right? Except that here we go. It's, just, it's a germ spreading, as, as Key would say. Um, if you're John Lynch, Mike T, how do you get Tom Brady from the Bucks? Uh, I work from a position of strength. I invest everything in Trey Lance. He's our future. And I continue to build my team around that. And with that said, I also want to make sure I have a great offensive line. So if the day ever comes that I have to go to the bullpen, then I have – the worst thing if I'm San Francisco is not have the ability – to attract Tom Brady where he feels like, hey, I can't you know, function in that offense because I can't be protected. So I fortify that offensive line, which they've done a reasonably good job of in San Francisco, and I try to win with Trey Lance, knowing that, hey, that's maybe in my back pocket down the road. Would you trade Jimmy G for the rights to Tom Brady, even though he's retired? Like, would you just, like, like not get a draft pick, just say, here's Jimmy G, here's that's your quarterback, question. I want the rights to Tom Brady if he comes out of retirement? I wouldn't, and here's why, Evan, because <laughs> I'm not letting Jimmy G go. Guys, look at the NFL on a 17-game season. 
You think Joe Burrow has a reasonable chance to make it through another season? I, I, I certainly don't. And when you look at all the injuries over the last two years that have impacted these races, there is no way I'm letting Jimmy G go. I'm going with him and Trey Lance, and I got a real chance to win. That's a really good 49er team. And when you look at some of the other teams, be it when Russell Wilson got hurt and they didn't have a backup, I mean, there's a lot of teams that it hurt them. So to me, I'm keeping Jimmy G, and I'll, I'll deal with Tom Brady down the road. Yeah, but I, I hear you, Mike. But it sounds from Jimmy G like they're planning. Well, I agree. Should, yes. I don't know why everyone's in such a rush to move on from Jimmy G. But if he is going to be dealt, the question, Evan's question, which I think is a good one, is would you like a bird in the hand, which is whatever you're going to get from Jimmy G in a trade, or do you want two in the bush, which is the rights to Tom Brady should he come back? Because I will answer the question, Mike. I take the rights to Tom Brady should he decide to come back why not well i've been there I, you know when, when Favre retired with us um you know we had just hired rex ryan and we knew that we wanted to get a young quarterback with our new head coach and it was clear he wanted to go play you know in the nfc and, and compete against green bay and, and we didn't want to get in the way of that so to me you know tom brady's legacy with tampa bay you know to me is enduring it's forever they're champions together and if in you know whatever it is, August of 2023, he wakes up one day and says, hey, I want to go do this in San Francisco. Like, what does Tampa Bay really have to gain from preventing that uh, from happening? So to me, um, you live to fight another day in this business, and there's a time and a place to do it. I'm not trained for his rights today. Keyshawn J. Willemax, presented by Progressive Insurance. Protecting your small business is a big deal. Cover what you've worked so hard for. Visit ProgressiveCommercial.com. Mike, you mentioned Joe Burrow. Let's get back to the AFC champs. What did you see from Burrow down the stretch? Well, I think Joe Burrow you know, played a clean game. Really did about everything he could. You know, facing a defensive front that was really putting him in a situation where he had to play probably a little bit quicker than he wanted to. Okay. Joe Burrow, who in his first full season, I'll say it again, greatest college season ever capped by the greatest championship game ever history of college football you you cut from there to his first he's drafted number one and in his first full season in the nfl walks into the super bowl in a mink and cartier glasses and by the way was stopped from winning by aaron donald probably the best who ever did it the question is this they have all their draft picks 50 million dollars in cap space but there's Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert and a lot of dudes in the AFC, maybe even Aaron Rodgers. Do we just assume, Mike T., that the Bengals will be back in the Super Bowl? Nope. I had the privilege of working with Dan Marino, and Dan Marino is a cautionary tale of somebody that went to the Super Bowl his second year, maybe the greatest quarterback that ever played, and never got back. And this guy has a much better chance of being Joe Theismann or Andrew Luck than he does of going back to a Super Bowl. If they don't fix this offensive line, it's reckless, it's irresponsible, and they have no chance to win because Joe Burrow's not going to get through a season. They gave up 19 sacks in four games in the postseason. That is unacceptable. So to me, I'd be worried about what he's thinking, Joe Burrow is, in terms of his longevity, and I would fix that op- offensive line literally at all costs. Yeah, you know, that's what I said, Mike. I think I look at the offensive line being fixed as well as shoring up that secondary um, because they've got to make some decisions. They've done a not such a great job 
putting that offensive line together. I know they drafted Jonah Williams from Alabama a couple years ago. He's about the best that they got on the offensive line. Had a decent year, not a great year at the tackle spot. So they've got some patchwork to do there. And look, everybody assumes based on where they're at now that all of a sudden they're going to be the Kansas City Chiefs because they got a, a quarterback that beat Patrick Mahomes. They're going to go to four AFC championship games. They're going to go to two and three Super Bowls in a short period of time. That's an outlier what the Kansas City Chiefs are doing. Everybody doesn't do that. Since it's hard as hell to do. And much like you said, he has a better chance of being Joe Theismann, Andrew Luck, than he does Dan Marino. So, Mike, everybody says, hey, you just got to address the offensive line. Max and I were talking about before as Giant fans, we've been addressing our offensive line for 10 years. Realistically, what's the time frame? Yeah, let me know the address of an <laughs> offensive line so I can go get, get some. <laughs> what, what's the time frame to, to do something like that? And then is it only through the draft? How, do you, how would you do it? Yeah, it starts in three weeks when it's free agency. And let's just take a page, guys, from the Kansas City Chiefs. They did an unbelievable job last year. They traded for Orlando Brown starting left tackle. They signed Joe Tooney early in free agency, an outstanding guard. They drafted Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith in the draft, and they had four new stars on the offensive line. And to me, that's what the Bengals need to do. They need to look at every and all angle in terms of the draft. And this draft is loaded with tackles, uh, free agents, and possibly trades. And I, they, they need, to Keith's point, maybe Jonah Williams, maybe. I mean, maybe he's a guard, but I would – look and say, hey, we need five new stars on this offensive line. It starts in free agency. It's in the draft. And maybe it's trades. And I said this yesterday, Max. I would trade T. Higgins if it took that because I'd rather have suboptimal receivers and a great offensive line because this guy's not going to survive. He just isn't. He's a Raytor 1 ACL. He was on the ropes the other night, and he was lucky that he didn't get knocked out. It just seems to me you're in such a rush to trade T. Higgins. My point is, if you have $50 million in cap space and all your picks, so watch this. With my first, second, third, and fourth picks, I'm taking offensive linemen. I'm also going to use $25 million in my cap space to sign offensive linemen. Fixed. If I can't fix it, like because all you're looking for is, is two starters who can at least hold it down, like be average, solid NFL starters and, and a backup, right? Who's versatile? I can't find that in four draft picks and twenty-five million in cap space. You act I, like, but you act like that the other teams aren't looking for offensive linemen too. Right? They're not just gonna let their they're not gonna let their offensive linemen just walk out the building and free agents. Apparently, they do. I look at who's that right guard um, that Seattle picked up. They picked him up for like I want to say a fifth round pick, something like that. Like there are veteran, like most offensive lines. The issue's not. Hey, we need an elite left tackle. Most offensive line, the issue is we have a weak spot here and a weak spot there, and we keep, they keep taking advantage of it. We just need to get average in these two spots, you know? Like, it feels to me like they should be able to address it and keep their core together. I don't think yeah, it's well, either or. No, there, there's a million examples. Rodney Hudson, Dwayne Brown. The guys do get traded. Trent Williams got traded. Like, there's millions of examples of that. All my point is this, like, do you want to have T. Higgins and Brandon Allen as your quarterback? Like, I don't. I'd rather have Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. So, and I understand your point. Like, there are a lot of examples of good offensive linemen being traded, signed, whatever. But until that's solidified, I'm doing it at all costs. Because, again, like, and you guys have talked about it already. Like, what happens if this guy wakes up in three years and is like, I don't like the way my body feels. I have plenty of money, and I'm going to do what Andrew Luck did. 
Doesn't seem to me. He seems to me. This dude seems to me to be driven to win Super Bowls in a different kind of way than mm-hmm. most. Uh, Dan Orlovsky, by the way, speaking of Andrew Luck, ESPN football analyst on Get Up, talking about Joe Burrow and Andrew, and Andrew Luck. Listen. This is what I would say coming out of the game if I was Cincinnati and Joe Burrow. Uh, I was incredibly impressed with him again yesterday. He right now is on the Andrew Luck track. And Absolutely. That, that cautions me, yeah. candidly. I mean, you watch this kid get beat up game after game after game after game. That will not last in this league. And he is a phenomenal. They should win multiple Super Bowls with that kid, okay? The Bengals should win multiple Super Bowls with Joe Burrow. If they don't get it fixed this offseason, he's, he's on the track to become the next Andrew Luck. They got to win one first. I mean, they came pretty close already. It's his first full season in the league. I, you guys don't. I mean, I, look, I, I look at. I'm, I'm, I just looked up who I'm thinking about. Gabe Jackson, right? Just like there are veterans out there. Seattle, Seattle. I think they traded something. Not much for him. The point is, there are competent offensive linemen all over the NFL, if that's actually your priority, you should be able to fix it. Like, the Giants couldn't because they were incompetently run for a decade now. Like, that's why why the Giants couldn't fix it. You guys want to... You guys want an out-of-the-box idea? You want to economically engineer the right result? I would say, Zach Zach Taylor, you make $3 million a year. If we finish fifth or best in least amount of sacks, you get $8 million a year. If we're in the the bottom five, you make a million dollars a year. Sign right here. I don't care if we go 0-17, but if we're sacked fifth or or least, the the five least teams – we're going to give you a $5 million raise. We want everything to be done, how we build this team, how we call plays, how we protect him. Everyone's going to be economically aligned that it's safety first for Joe Burrow and everything else second. Mm, that's genius. Guys, this there. guy's been around the block once or twice, this Mike Tannenbaum. <laughs> no deal. Why? No deal. Why? Because I can't rely on Joe Burrow. I can't rely on my running backs, any of that, you know, chipping, missing. No, that's a bad deal. Mike, nice try. Now, wait a second. So you don't have confidence, Coach, in your ability no, to I don't uh, have, get- No, I don't have confidence in Joe Mixon on turn protection going the right way. No, I don't. Can't well, do it. Maybe, maybe we have to find a coach who does. because, Or maybe we find a general manager can come up with a better idea than trying to take my money. <laughs> I'm giving you a chance to more than double it. Oh, I want I, I want you to crush it. We're, we're on the same side of the table, but I want you to be economically aligned with the vision of this organization, which is we want Joe Burrow to be here a long hey. time, and the only way we could do that is if we protect him. Mike, Sound I, like you would negotiate some deals with the Jets' cheap owners. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> I agree with you. you got to protect Joe Burrow, and I think if you really are focused and competent, you can fix an offensive line when you have all your picks and all your cash, right? $50 million in cap space. But let me ask you this. The comparison's often made to Ben Roethlisberger. Well, Roethlisberger, particularly early in his career, was criticized for holding on to that ball too long, right? Sometimes, Russell Wilson we can see, sometimes the sack, you know, the quarterback can contribute to it with his style of play. Can you evaluate Joe Burrow's quarterback style for us and in terms of how much that might be contributing to his sack issue? Yeah, I, I think it's different, and here's why. When we used to compete against Roethlisberger in his prime, our defensive coaches talked a lot about you have to tackle the ball because he would hold on to it, and he's such a big guy. I see Joe Burrow much different. I see him quick twitch. I see him go through his progressions. If we go back to the game 
on Sunday, guys, there were a couple times where there were wide open receivers. Ironically, even on the last play of the game, he just couldn't get to the progression. So I don't think he's holding the ball the way Roethlisberger did. And Ben was a guy that was so physical that he could break tackles, and that was sort of his style. I see this guy differently. I, I see him much quicker, quicker-minded, quicker twitch, and I just think it's it's really it's a failed plan as it relates to their uh, offensive line. Mm. Mike, you also have talked about injury risk with Joe Burrow before, like independent of offensive line issues. When you just look at the way the guy is built, right? Like he doesn't look the same athletically as, say, Justin Herbert, though he gets very similar results. He's fast. He has a good arm, the whole thing. How much of that, like, you know, I think of in boxing a guy like Tyson Fury, the heavyweight champion of the world. If you looked at him, you'd be like, come on. He looks out of shape. But he's very athletic. Could it be that Joe Burrow is just one of those guys, or do you still think his body is also telling you something? Yeah, he has to get stronger in his lower body. Like, you look at the great quarterbacks, like Russell Wilson, like, they're strong lower body. They have lower body flexibility. Look at those big hits in the uh, second half guys on Sunday. Both Stafford and Burrow got up limping at one point. You need to have great lower body flexibility to play quarterback, again, to have sustainability. And I think it's a combination of everything, a better offensive line, have more two-back plays where you could run play action from under center. I just don't think we have to copy and paste this sort of three-wide offense because, again, if I'm talking to Zach Taylor, much to key chagrin, I'm going to give him economic incentives to make sure he understands how important protecting he is. And then I'm going to say to him, look, you're our chief strategist. You're not a play caller. When you call plays and get sacked nine times against Tennessee, seven against uh, the Rams, you're a play caller. We want a strategist. You're our CEO. We want to win games, but we can't be reckless with this guy. We got to get Burrow stronger. No question. We, we got to keep his flexibility up, but we got to call plays better. And we need a much better player personnel plan up front. Right, one of the things I want to do, I don't know if we'll do it on the radio or I'm just going to do it to geek out by myself. I'm going to be looking to see with $50 million in cap space and all my draft picks what exactly I would do if I were the Bengals to fix that offensive line. I bet you I could fix it in one year. A Rams Super Bowl champion on why this title is a bigger deal than we thought originally. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio Series XM Channel 80. DeMarco Farr, Rams analyst on 710 ESPN LA, joins us. Up, DeMarco? Hey, hey, hey. 
do I have a voice left? I'm not listening to you, Keyshawn. <laughs> you, got a, you got a voice. You got a voice left, man. I need to use your voice. That's what I need to do. I need to understand. I need to understand all this conversation that we got going on surrounding Sean McVay and Aaron Donald and Sean McVay going to retire and go into TV and Aaron Donald's going to ride off into the sunset and his career's over with and he's going to do something different. What I don't why y'all keep bringing that up, man? Where y'all getting that okay. from? Okay. Well, Key, you're a businessman. I mean, in, in terms of Sean McVay, what do you think that is? What do you think that's all about? Especially when his contract is about us. Mm-hmm. I don't know, though. Um, uh, <laughs> for Dre, I don't, I don't know, Demarco, because he can go to Stan Kroenke or, or not even Stan. He can go right to 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 uh, Dimoff. Dimoff can go right to Stan. They gonna give him what he wants. He don't need to play that game. Same thing well, with Aaron Donald. Sure, you know, you always maximize leverage. I mean, you put it out there. I'm, I'm sure that was put out there for a reason. Uh, it gets people talking. We've been talking about it nonstop. We talked about it before the Super Bowl. So, you know, any sort of leverage you can get, great. I'm sure he can walk up and say, you know, he's got a blank check. But, you know, this is business. This is the NFL. It's, it's short term. So you got to maximize that. So I get that part. The Aaron Donald thing. Uh, that surprised me. And why would you ever begrudge this guy his victory lap after what he's done? Uh, his his ski mask year. You know what I'm talking about. This dude has done everything he could possible to get this team into a championship. You saw it, um, the way he played. So I'd be surprised if he walked away. This is Los Angeles. This is where you do the walk-on to the TV show. This is where you have those little guest star appearances in movies and whatnot. Um, let him enjoy the fruits of his labor. Let him get his his Maximus Decimus Meridius type uh, arrival with with the rose petals and whatnot. Your your leader's coming back. Uh, Jay I'd be think surprised he if he money, walked though. away right now. Jay say he wants some more money, right, Jay? Well, I was just throwing it out there as a as a, as a feasible option because you know what we love to do, Demarco, right? We love as soon as as soon as they won the next day, the media here are the odds favors to win it again. What do they need to do to win it again? So, like, I, I would ask you that is what do they need to do to make Aaron Donald happy, and what else do they need to do in order to ensure that they have the best chance to come out of the NFC and win it again? Well, that's the first. Thing. I mean, look, Aaron is is a humble guy, and I, I thought I know Cooper Cup, the MVP, and it's deserving. He's fantastic, but. You know, that, that stop they made after the turnover when, when T. Higgins just absolutely took it to Rikers Island rules and, and just beasted Jalen Ramsey. And then you get the turnover. So you go from three points up to four points down and a blank. So you put the defense on the field on the 31-yard line. You put Joe Burrow out there uh, with a lead in the Super Bowl, and Aaron Donald has two sacks in an eight-play drive to hold them to a field goal to keep it to a one-score game. That, to me, was the game. So, um, look, to keep him motivated – just remind him, look, Super Bowl is great. Let's see if you can go back-to-back. Because everybody, everybody's hungry for that first title. Now, let's see if you can actually go defend it. So it's just another way to keep that guy motivated. But it ain't money. That ain't money that's going to motivate Aaron Donald. It's about the greatness. It's about being remembered forever. That's the type of player he is. DeMarco, since you said that they got to go, let's see if they can go back-to-back. Can they go back-to-back? Is Odell going to be a part of them going back-to-back if, in fact, he comes off the injury? I don't know how bad that knee is. I don't. And I saw it immediately. I was watching it as soon as he made that play. And he's been doing this for a while, Key. I don't know about receivers or how that's coached, but, you know, he drags those, uh, those, those routes across the middle, and he'll catch and stop on a dime. Like, I don't want to get hit, or he's looking for the spin back, but this one kind of caught him, and his, he pulled that leg up immediately, and he just forgot about football for a hot minute. So, you know, that's, that's a bad situation. So, 
if they can get him healthy or whatever the situation yeah. is and you can get the financials in order, absolutely you want to have him back. Hold I up. think he was on his way to having an MVP, uh, MVP type run until he got hurt. They couldn't cover him. DeMarco yeah. far with us, and yeah, I think everyone saw that. Like, ooh, Odell's going to have a big game. I thought that going in because of the attention they'd pay to Cooper Cup, but wait a minute, Key. Half of your best quarterback coach combo in the league, Matthew Stafford, threw behind Odell. Isn't that the reason that he blew out his knee? That's part of it. You you, uh-huh. you can't you can't throw the ball behind a receiver and uh-huh. expect for him to still try to make a full stop. It don't work like that way. If he put it in front of him, he stay running. But mm. you wouldn't know that, Max, because you're not a quarterback coach, right? So you don't know. <laughs> I know that being a I receiver. I, I know that being a receiver that you got to put the ball in front of me. You put it on my backside hip, it slows me down. Now you put me in a position where I'm trying to stop and my knee just gets caught or my leg See, no gets doubt. caught in the no turf. Doubt. No, that, you know? sound, that sounds right. But, DeMarco, the reason I bring it up, I'm, I'm, I'm messing with Key because he had um, Stafford and, and McVay ahead of uh, Reed and And Mahomes I still got him ahead but, of Reed and Mahomes. But, but also because if that, of course, that could lead to, to an injury. But if the leg is like that, the way you just said, he likes to stop on a dime and all that stuff, it, it, isn't that kind of an injury? Is there a feeling like like that could be inevitable with a guy like that, right? Does it, if it could be that he's pass, been, it could be the next yeah. play. He's been doing that all season or, or since he's come here. I mean, he's a special athlete. I mean, you know, to stop on a dime in the middle of coverage and catch a pass. Like, I think, what was that game? Was it in Baltimore or Tampa where he stopped caught the ball behind him and got down before he got hit. I mean, it's it's phenomenal. It, it was a big wild play, but, I mean, that's going to yeah. take a toll on your body. So he's been doing it all year. But that's what receivers do, though. They stop on a dime, yeah. give some change, and start right back up. That's what, When you are an Absolutely. athlete, you'll be able to you can do that, Max. You know, when you when you have that athletic gene, yeah. you'll be able to just hit it. I like stopping hit on a dime. It. I don't know about starting back up. <laughs> yeah, you want to you want to you want to stop on a dime, start right back up. You stop on a dime, get some change, and start right back up. Demarco, and, let me uh, let me ask you, Demarco, where, where do you think the Rams fit in the overall scheme of the LA sports scene? Right? Uh, is it you, the Lakers, you know, Rams, Dodgers, yeah. Lakers, Dodgers, Lakers, Dodgers, Rams? You know what? It's a great question, and um, I think it's it's you're a Super Bowl champion. The parade is tomorrow. Uh, so you're going to build those fans. There's going to be a bunch of kids out there. They have no idea why they're there. All they know is their parents are going crazy. So that's how you become a fan. You know what? My dad loved the Rams. My da- I saw my dad cry for the first time because of X, Y, and Z. So I'm a fan. So you get to do all that. Matthew Stafford gets to do his victory lap. Andrew Whitworth is man of the year. You'll see him a lot. And uh, Aaron Donald, we talked about. As soon as they erect the statue, he becomes a mythical figure. Cooper Cup is a guy that with the aw shucks, Peyton Manning ability. Uh, kids are going to start to gravitate towards that. So you're going to start to steal some fans, some young fans. Uh, you're not going to steal the Laker fans of right now or the Dodger fans of right now, but the ones in the future, they're going to know nothing except the Rams winning in SoFi with a bunch yeah. of accessible players and a young head coach. And they might be fourth in L.A. right now. And anyway, they might still be Dodgers, Lakers, Raiders, and then maybe the Rams. They haven't gotten, they haven't cracked it yet. They just haven't. Uh, for whatever reason, people haven't well, bought some, fully into Well, some of those Raider fans aren't going to let it go. But you got to remember, that's gonna that's a dying fan base here. That team is not here. The Rams just won. Like I said, you're going to be outnumbered pretty soon as a Raider fan in Los Angeles. Yeah. Hey, uh, DeMarco, so kind of been having this conversation about the quarterback in, in Stafford and where his – 
legacy lies at this moment, given the fact that I think many of us thought, ah, oh, yeah, Hall of Fame, he wins the Super Bowl, he's going to Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame. Then all of a sudden, Richard Sherman, right? He brings up all oh, the yeah. breakdown of everything. And now, this morning, we like, uh, well, um, you know, we don't uh, quite, uh, yeah, but where where do you have him right now in terms of his legacy toward the Hall of Fame? I, I was a little surprised that Sherm actually put that out there, if that's how he feels, really, because, I mean, there's a lot of debate about him. So it seemed like hate, but I get it. Um, and it's a fair assessment. If that's what you think, that's what you think. But, I mean, when you look at guys that are going in and you look at Matthew Stafford's numbers and you look at the fact that he's got just as many Super Bowl rings as Aaron Rodgers, who's a shoe-in? Or Patrick Mahomes, who probably right now people think he's a shoe-in. So why not him? What's different? Um, because of what he went through in Detroit? Clearly, I think we understand now it's not his fault, or it wasn't all his fault in Detroit. Go back to Barry Sanders, go back to Calvin Johnson. They've had some special guys up there, and they couldn't win. So why doesn't Matthew Stafford get the same nod or the same benefit of the doubt? But look, here, since he stepped foot on this field with, with this group of guys, he has done nothing but elevate guys. Uh, he's made this entire team better. He's he's made Sean McVay better as a, as a coach and a play caller. So, yeah, I mean, whoever presents him for the Hall of Fame, uh, it, it shouldn't take that long and it shouldn't be that hard to get him in. One Pro Bowl selection and into the Hall of Fame. I think he's got to do a little more. You know what? Uh, let, me, let me answer that. that. Is... I talked to a friend of mine, Key, you know this, Todd Light. Uh, yeah, we did an yeah. interview for the Super Bowl, and he said back in the day, the old school voting, uh, the cornerbacks were going to be like Rod Woodson or – uh, just the old guard of cornerbacks. Of, of you weren't going to crack that lineup. So he was probably fourth or fifth best corner for a while and just couldn't get in. Matthew Stafford, same way. How do you get in over Aaron Rodgers? How do you get in over Tom Brady? It's tough. Without winning the championship in That's... Detroit. It's just not going to happen. DeMarco Farr, ladies and gentlemen. Appreciate it, DeMarco. Hey, hey, hey. Keyshawn J. Oh, Will. <laughs> Keyshawn J. Will and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. It is difficult to get to the Pro Bowl when there are better quarterbacks than you, more than three of them in your conference every year. Maybe also difficult to get to the Hall of Fame that way. Key ranked his top head coach quarterback duos. Wait till you hear Jay's reaction. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. This is Key's Real Rankings quarterback head coach duo. Go ahead, Key. Well, he's wanted me to go. So Josh <laughs> Allen at number seven along with Sean McDermott. Mm-hmm. 
you know, hey, that's what it is. Number six, Jimmy G and Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. Number five, Action Jackson, Lamar Jackson, and Coach John Harbaugh. Sitting at four, the guy we just saw in the Super Bowl, Joe Barrow and Zach Taylor. Number three, Aaron Rodgers. Am I in or am I out? Along with Matt LaFleur and the Green Bay Packers. Number two, Patrick Mahomes, my man James, homeboy, and what? Coach Andy Red Reed. And number one, the guy who won the Super Bowl on Sunday, Matthew Stafford and Sean McVizay. <laughs> so obviously, that's my top seven what? of quarterback head coaching duels heading into the 2022 season. Jay, you'll notice that Patrick that Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Four straight AFC Conference Championship yes. games hosted, plus two Super Bowl trips and a Super Bowl win, are second to Matthew what? Stafford and Sean McVay for some reason. Yeah, give me another air horn there. Yates, give me another one. There it is. Yeah. Do it one more time. Oh, no, that's not Yates. That's me. Yeah, James. Yeah, somebody. Sorry. Yes. Keep it going. So I decided, what? since we all disagreed on this in the great discourse we have on the show, Keyshawn J. Will Max, I would take to Twitter and uh, do a poll. And I gave the two options, the top two options that Key gave, Mahomes Reed, McVeigh Stafford. And I had 3,614 votes. Wait, you had so over 3,600 votes. Yep. And, and Key, we know Keyshawn Johnson ago. values anonymous people on social media yes, more does. than his own opinion. So let's hear what they had to say. McVeigh Stafford, 18%. Oh, P-U. Mahomes Reed, 82%. So Ooh. it seems like public sentiment would echo you and I, man. Wow, that's like four to one, Key. Yeah, but that's social media. I don't. Did I say I four to one? It's five to one. It's more than five to I one. Okay, if I if I listen to the social media, man, I'd be in trouble. Mm. They they they. First of all, Matthew Stafford is never going to get the benefit of the doubt over Patrick Mahomes. We all know that. There's no question about that. That's easy. The fact of the matter is, in one year, the Rams set out to do what they wanted to do, which was win the Super Bowl in one season together. Okay? Three, four, five seasons, maybe they don't duplicate the Patrick Mahomes, uh, Andy Reid kind of recipe. But for this year, they certainly did when Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid were at home. And why were they at home? Because Aaron, they had a second-half collapse yeah, on but, the offensive side of the ball. But, but Key, if Aaron – if you put – like, it, when we say quarterback coach, we're reducing it to the two most important pieces, right? But there are other pieces on the team. And Aaron Donald is a rare non-quarterback who can actually affect the odds. If you take Aaron Donald off the ramps and you just put a great – Tackle there, but it's not Aaron Aaron Donald. Donald, They lose. Aaron Donald did a hell of a job, Max, at the end of the game. Mm -hmm. There's no question about it. Matthew Stafford led them down the field. Was it 79 yards? Yeah, it was nice. I mean, it was nice. Yeah, but what I'm saying is Burrow was coming right back at him. The difference is Stafford wasn't going up against Aaron Donald. Burrow wasn't coming back at them. What do you mean he was coming back? It was fourth and one. I've seen third and one incredible runs. I've seen it. It doesn't mean that they are the best, right? So, like, I I respect the run. The run was incredible. But I I can compartmentalize the run as opposed to now are you the best. And I just feel like sustained excellence over this period of time, even the way they were able to turn the season around. Sean Sean McVay's been to two Super Bowls in four years. Yeah, McVay as a coach is is a good argument. So, wait, he's been to two two in four years. Mm Mm-hmm. He got his quarterback that he traded for, Mm -hmm. threw everything in and cashed in. Mm -hmm. This is just this is easy for me though, Keith. If you if 
going into next season, who are you taking? If Key owned a team, and it, d- d- please don't give me the spin around, but what system, what scheme am I running? What defense do I have? It's Just not, that's based not upon what you, because based it, upon you, what you like, based upon what you like. What quarterback are you taking? Patrick Mahomes or are you taking Matthew I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is a better quarterback. There's no argument there. That's not an argument, Jay. You would have to be a damn fool to think that Patrick Mahomes is less than Matthew Stafford. I think, Keith, your argument seems to me, you correct me if I'm wrong, to be that the combination of coach and quarterback is more or different than just adding up the value of each guy. It's what they mean together. It's what they mean together. But, but I would say together. I hear that. I would say I together give me Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Oh, easy over McVay and Stafford because not, Mahomes only, is that much person, better. You, you the only person that I would say would sit there and just say easy. Oh, really? I, I don't think yes. so. Yes, I don't think so. Jay, is that it's easy a, or not? It's not that, it's that easy, easy to, to do. Just I, won the Super what? Bowl I can with a quarterback that he got in his first year. Okay. That, by the way, Andy Reid didn't win the Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes when he became by the, way, the starter Stafford in his Mahomes first year. Stafford was not the MVP, and in fact, even uh, if there was a second pick, he wouldn't have been gave, the MVP. They, they was going to give the MVP to Cooper Cup over Stafford because Stafford had thrown two interceptions. Not only had he thrown two interceptions, he was streaky if, okay, in take the Cooper, game. Take Cooper they were Cup out of the game. Cooper Cup. Take him out of the game. They would give it to Aaron Donald. Oh God! I can't and if Odell would have stayed on the field, it would have been Odell. I, In other I, words, they're I, like I, three, I, four I, guys. I can't, I can't listen to you on New York radio. <laughs> you drive me crazy, you and Jay. Oh, we love you, Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max. We are back tomorrow. Um, maybe Key will see the light by then, but I would bet against it. Maybe he'll show us the light. Er, thanks for listening to Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.